Welcome to the Living Worship Podcast. I'm Pastor Cameron Diamond. So glad that you've joined me again this week. Uh, we are diving right back into our study on Exodus. The Israelites have just crossed the Red Sea. The Egyptian army has been plundered and killed, right, because the sea collapsed back on top of them. And you would think that the Israelites are in this great place spiritually, for God has uh, provided for them with so many signs, so many miracles, saved them from 400 years of bondage and slavery. And yet, as we see, uh, not so much, not so grateful. All right, so we're going to pick up in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27. And it says, Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. They came to Merah, but they could not drink the water at Merah because it was bitter. That's why it was named Merah. The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. The Lord made a statute and ordinance for them at Merah, and he tested them there. He said, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, pay attention to his commands, keep all of his statutes, I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy date palms, and they camped there by the water. So at this point, they had traveled for three days, they had no water, and... So they grumbled against Moses, who in turn cried out to God in his frustration because he had these 2.5 million people who wanted water. And instead of trusting God, they were grumbling at Moses. They were angry. They were complaining, right? And so it's easy to look on them and think, well, of course they were complaining. They didn't have water. Or think, man, why couldn't they just trust God? But if we put ourselves in that exact situation, we would probably have done the same thing as them, right? Uh, so think about this, right? Think about something nice that you have ever done for your family. Maybe you put a lot of work into it. It took you a lot of time to do, and it was an act of love, right? It wasn't about you. It was about providing for them. And you bring whatever it is before them, or you plan this uh, fantastic trip them right and then you you tell them all about it and you show them your plan and all they have to do all they decide to do is criticize and complain and pick it apart how would you feel if you were in that circumstance right and not just that but if you look ahead to chapter 17 the people keep complaining right it's not like this this one uh, solution here that God gives them for their thirstiness is enough, they keep on. They do not appreciate what God has done for them. They find new things to complain about constantly. And so this is a failure on behalf of the Israelites and everyone else involved to trust God even after everything that he's done for them so far. Okay, so let's let's take a look at the New Testament, because the Bible is, is all cohesive, it's all consistent, right? It all belongs together. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. It says, Now I do not want you to be unaware 
brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food, they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, since they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things God took place as examples for us, so that we would not desire evil things that they did. Don't become idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and then got up to party. Let us not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in a single day 23,000 people died. Let us not test Christ, as some of them did, and were destroyed by snakes. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroyer. These things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our instruction on whom the ends of the ages have come. So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted but beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to bear it. So God is providing the water for the Israelites. He cares about them. He loves them. He's planned this journey in such a way that he will get the honor and the glory and so that their needs will be met. He does not want them to die in the desert. That would be counterproductive. What kind of glory would God get from that, right? And so he provides for them, just as he provides for us, right? He gave them water, and eventually we'll see he gives them a special kind of food, right, both morning and night, and so that they could survive physically, so that they could claim the land that he had promised them to begin with, right? Why is he doing this? Not because they deserve it, but because he promised it to Abraham that this was going to be how he was going to save the world, right, through Jesus, is through the Israelites here. And so he's not um, going to just let them die off in the desert. What, what point would that serve? Right, so he gives them the water and the food and the shelter so that they could survive physically. But understand, he cares about you too. And he has given us Jesus through the Israelites, right? He's given us Jesus so that we can survive spiritually, eternally, so that all of our needs can be met, right? He's not just interested in the, the physical needs, right? Although he, he does do that for us, but he's more concerned about your heart and fixing it because it's broken it's broken from sin it's broken from selfishness and he wants to help you with that so he's given us jesus so that we can survive spiritually all right so let's turn to exodus chapter 16 verses 1 through 8 it says the entire israelite community departed from elam and came to the wilderness of sin which is between elam and sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had left the land of egypt the entire israelite community grumbled against moses and aaron in the, in the wilderness this is like a month later okay the israelites said to them if only we had died by the lord's hand in egypt when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread that we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Total, total lie. They were in terrible conditions in Egypt. But, you know, when, when things are hard, you're going to embellish and exaggerate, which of course they are doing. 
And so then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And in this way, I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all of the Israelites, This evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the Lord's glory because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued. The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and all the bread that you want in the morning, for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. And who are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. So at evening, quail came and covered the camp. This is verse 13. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. Verse 14. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. Moses told them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. And this is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual, according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. And so the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some gathered a little. And when they measured it by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. And Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until morning, and it bred worms, and it stank. And therefore Moses was angry with them. They gathered it every morning. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, four cords apiece, and all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He told them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to God. Bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil, and set everything left over to be kept until morning. So they set it aside until morning, as Moses commanded. And it didn't stink or have maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to God, and you won't find anything in the field. For six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. So it had been a month of traveling, and the people were saying that we miss Egypt. Egypt was so great. We had bread and we had meat and blah, 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 blah. None of that was true. They were brutally mistreated in Egypt. But after a while, you start seeing your, your past history through rose-colored glasses, right, sometimes. And so they were talking about it fondly and ignoring the truth of the situation they had really been saved from. So instead of being appreciative and seeing the God that was right there, taking care of them, providing for all of their needs, they were more concerned with what they didn't have. Instead of letting God provide it in his own time, in his own way, and trusting that he was going to take care of them. So God doesn't punish them for this complaining. In fact, he provides for their needs, right? And so he gives the people manna in the morning, which is this flaky, um, sweet bread, and he gives them quail in the evening. And so in this way, they have plenty of food. It says there was no surplus and there was no shortage. Everyone got exactly what they needed. And God's request was that you don't save anything except for on the Sabbath day, because I don't want you working on the Sabbath. That's the day that you're supposed to honor me with all of your time and your thoughts, 
I don't want you worrying about collecting and cooking food. And so what happened then? Well, the people failed to keep God's commands. They uh, bred worms because they tried to save the food, right? And on the Sabbath, they decided to work even though they weren't supposed to. And as you see, as we keep reading through scripture, you see that God actually tells Moses to put manna in a jar and to seal it up and to put this jar with the Ten Commandments in the Ark of the Covenant. And in this way, the people will remember the way that God was faithful to them, even when already they are not faithful to God in their actions, in their thoughts, in their attitudes. They don't trust God, even though up to this point, God has done nothing to betray their trust. He has taken care of them at every single step. So let's look at John chapter 6, okay? Because there's more to this story than just that. John 6 verse 32 says, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Right? Because the manna didn't come from Moses. It came from God. But God is also trying to give you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the whole world. And then they said, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus told them, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you have seen me and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to my own will, but for the will of him who sent me. For this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those who he has given me, but I should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So just as God gave life to the Israelites in the desert through manna from heaven, right? Jesus came down from heaven and is the true bread of life. So the manna satisfied their hunger temporarily. They were hungry again, even just that next night and that next morning. It was a temporary fix and it was only for their physical bodies. But Jesus came so that our spiritual lives would be totally fixed and the brokenness about us would be repaired. This restoration between us and God could finally happen. We could have the relationship with God that the Israelites here were totally missing. They were totally lost on what God was trying to do for them. And Jesus is the eternal fix for our souls. But let's think about this. Grumbling and complaining is kind of the theme here for today. Is that the kind of attitude that you have as a person, as a believer, or as someone who is curious about Scripture? What does the Bible have to say? I mean, did God punish the Israelites here? No. No, not exactly, right? He provided for their needs when they um, confronted Moses and Aaron, right? But was God happy about their attitudes? As you look at the Scripture, you see clearly, no, he was not. He expected much better from them. And if you look in the letter to the Philippian church from Apostle Paul, we're going to start in chapter 2, verse 14. He says, Do everything without grumbling and arguing, 
so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world, by holding firm to the word of life, then I can boast in the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. All right, and then we're going to go to chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. Verse 11 says, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. And in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in total need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. We are called to be content in all circumstances, not anxious or uh, stressed or, or anything, but be living in total trust and in peace with God. I don't know about you, I was stressed out this morning. This is a constant process that as believers, that we work through sanctification and restoring our relationship to God and being more focused on him than on ourselves, more focused on the one who can actually solve the problem than on us, who usually just make things worse, right? We need to be looking to Christ for our true uh, strength, looking to Christ for truth. He provides everything that we need. He gives us the strength to keep going forward, and he alone is worthy of our trust and our devotion, not ourselves, not in the president, not in each other. Our trust, really, our all of our trust, ought to be going to Jesus and God the Father, who cares for us, who provides for all of our needs, especially our spiritual needs. He wants that relationship with you. He wants you to take it seriously. Make that decision today, right? So think about these things as, as we wrap this up today. What is the last thing that you complained to God about? And do you actually trust that he's going to provide it for you? Or at least provide the right thing for you? That he has the true solution and that you probably don't know everything? Do you hold any bitterness towards God for not giving you something the way that you wanted it? For something not going your way the way that you asked for it? And how can you remind yourself and the other believers in your life this week to practice Philippians 2, 14 through 16? Really think about that because this do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, that is not easy. But that is what God has called you to. Thank you for joining me at the Living Worship Podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, I ask that you like, you share, subscribe, uh, ring the notification bell so that you get notifications when all of my videos come up. And I'll see you again next week. Bye.